Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so glad to see so many of you here in person. Um, I don't know if you know this, but there are some of our church members right now that are probably watching online and they're at the beach, I think. So if you're watching online and you're at the beach, put the address where you are and we're all going to come stay with you. The whole church. Is that great? Because the praise band want to go to the beach? All right. We're on our way to see you. So um, are you signed up for vacation Bible school yet? Molly Pages. So um, Catherine, Catherine's over there. Catherine, would you wave your hand? If you want to uh, help with Vacation Bible School, please see Catherine. She has jobs you can do to help set up for Vacation Bible School, ways you can serve, and she will help you sign your kids up for Vacation Bible School if you haven't done that yet. Um, this Wednesday night, the youth group is not going to be meeting here at the church. Instead, we're going to meet by the wedding chapel uh, at Nakalula Falls. And we're going to hike and clean up the Black Creek Trail a little bit with garbage bags. And then we're going to go to Jack's for dinner. Uh, we're going to meet up there at 6. Um, next Sunday, June 6th at 2 p.m. here in the sanctuary, there will be a memorial service for Marge Ross. Um, and I also wanted to let you know about these flowers here on the altar. The flowers on the altar today are in gratitude for God's divine care and in tribute to men and women who have loved God and country enough to risk their own lives to protect our freedom. And Pastor Sam, I think we have something special to do this morning. We do, we do. I hope that everybody is taking time to notice all these buckets up here. What is up with all these buckets? Yep, that's not going to stay, so I'm just going to hold it. We have, uh, we wanted to do just a few buckets. Can I get the mission, while I'm talking, can I get the missions team? Anybody on the missions team, can you come up here with us? Because we're going to pray, we're going to pray over these buckets. Um, we, our missions team is very active, and they, they, they do things all the time. And one of the things we wanted to do is, is coming up on hurricane season, and, and it's always tornado season in Alabama, but, but we have these disaster buckets, and we ask you to help. And we had a few of them out there, and we, we were hoping that, that maybe all of them would get. But you guys did so great. You took not only all we had, but we got a little extra, didn't we, Susan? Susan, Susan and Nan are getting in trouble down there. We got extra buckets, didn't we? So, uh, yeah, come on up. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. But we, uh, we did a, you did a great job getting these buckets. Uh, we we kind of put all of ours together. It, it was a family project for us, and we collected the stuff. All of these are going to go to people who are having the worst time of their lives. When you have a disaster strike, a flood or a hurricane or tornado, it's, it's the worst time of your life. And for somebody to come in and love you and give you something that helps us a little bit, it, it, it's really special. So thank you, missions team. Thank you for helping with these disaster buckets. They're going to be taken to the uh, Uncor Warehouse uh, in Decatur, Alabama, and they will be shipped to wherever they need to go. Thank you so much, and let's pray. We're going to pray over these buckets like we do over our baby quilts, okay? Will you join me? Father God, thank you for blessing us with health and safety today. Thank you, Lord, for watching over us even in our darkest hours. And, Lord, thank you for the love and the devotion of this church and their heart for missions so that they put together things like these disaster buckets so that they can 
say, I love you and I'm here for you when, when disaster strikes. And Lord, thank you for giving us the grace to be your hands and feet. I pray your blessing over each one of these buckets and especially over those who will receive it during their time of need. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're so glad that y'all are here for the Memorial Day service. Uh, Blended, it's good to see some faces we don't normally get to see on Sunday morning. So good morning to all of you. Good morning out there in the internet world. Uh, If you would, join us standing and singing. Oh, heaven had long. 
Amen. Thank you, Praise Bannon. Y'all can be seated, everybody, except our children. Uh, Miss Catherine's going to take our children to Children's Church. Y'all, I am so excited about our new children's worship space. If you have just a moment today before you leave, go down and look. It, I mean, it is really, really coming along. It's amazing. Isn't it amazing, Pastor Andy? He gives it two thumbs up. Yeah. It is really, really cool. And they're excited. And I'm excited that you're here. If you're worshiping with us um, by Facebook Live today, hello, good morning to you. I'm glad that you're with us. I want to just say welcome. Say something to us in the comments. That helps us. Uh, I'm glad that you're taking this time out to worship. If you have... Um, your offering you'd like to give today, there's a plate up here and a plate back there. You can always give online. Thank you for your support. I appreciate that. It's wonderful to get to stand up here as, as a visual representation of all you do to, to give and to support this church. Thank you so much for that. I want to offer a prayer now, a blessing on our offering, and ask you to join me. Lord, uh, thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for blessing us in all ways that you do. Thank you for, as we remember uh, the sacrifice of those who gave their all out of love for their country. Thank you for loving us so much that you gave your only son to die for us so that we could be redeemed. And Lord, bless now the tithes and the offerings. Bless our time and our talents. Bless everything that we give for your kingdom's glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. In the darkest hour, when I cannot breathe, fear is on my chest, weight of the
Molly, thank you, Praise Band, for helping us to remember to remember, because uh, that's what we're talking about today. Remembering, that's what Memorial Day reminds us to do. Thank you for taking this time out of your Memorial Day weekend to worship with us. Do you remember? Um, have you ever gotten together with some old friends? And start to talk about it. And before you know it, somebody says, do you remember, you remember that time when, you know, because, you know, when you get together and have conversations with old friends, it's, this is my, one of my props today. It stirs up the memories, right? Uh, Tammy and I got to have coffee with some friends this week that we haven't we haven't gotten to sit down with in so long some of it's because of covid some of it is because life gets busy but we got to sit down and have coffee with them and we got to start talking about old times and things that we had done and they said you know you've got to they live in dunwoody georgia they said you got to come over and you got to visit and you got to see our house and everything you haven't been there since we moved to dunwoody and i said yeah we we, we definitely have to do that and then my friend said, I promise I won't make you sleep on the futon this time. And see, we go way back. And when we were in seminary, he had this really dumpy apartment because you don't have any money when you're in school in the basement of an old house in Atlanta. And it had one bedroom. But when I was there and it was late, we were studying something, and I needed to crash somewhere, I would go to his little basement apartment and he had this futon couch you'd pull it out and I'd sleep on the futon as much as anyone can sleep on a futon and uh, he said when we were talking about that he said and I promise that no roaches are going to fall on your head when you come and see us this time and y'all I know that's gross but this old apartment is in the basement of this house and one night it was over there and roaches fell from the ceiling on the bed and I heard him screaming you know and I know isn't that gross and, and, but I tell you what, it's unforgettable. You don't forget something like that. But we just laughed about that. And that's the way conversations with old friends, talking to them stirs up 
memories. You know what else stirs up memories? Something really, really that triggers those memories. Music, right? How many of you can hear a song and, and then all of a sudden you're taken back to that place and you remember? Does that ever happen to you? Are y'all awake out there? Come on. Yeah. Uh, I tell you, one of the songs that does this every single time for me, every time that I hear that old Spencer Davis group song, Give Me Some Lovin', I know, I, I, I remember one of the best dates that Tammy and I ever had when we first started dating. We went to Chattanooga, Pastor Andy, and we were hanging out in Chattanooga, which is a fun place to do. And downtown Chattanooga, they had this live band out there, and they were doing a really good cover of this uh, Spencer Davis group classic song, Give Me Some Love, it's like, you got to, give me some love, give me, give me some love. Y'all know the one I'm talking about? If the band was up here, they could, they could back me up. No, and I, it's not that good, but every time I hear that song, I'm taken back to that day that we spent in Chattanooga, and every single time, and it's not just, you know, it's not just conversations with friends, and it's not just music, but even smells. Smells can stir up memories quicker than anything. Every time I smell cookies baking, I think about my grandmother, because she used to make me these homemade oatmeal cookies that I don't know what kind of magic and love that she put in those cookies, but it was, every time I smell cookies, it doesn't have to be oatmeal cookies, any kind of cookies, I think about my grandmother. And this is, this is kind of strange. Every time I smell diesel, I think about my dad. And I remember that he would let me drive his tractor. And it was just like this heavy fumes of diesel. You may not, that may not appeal to you, but I kind of like the smell of diesel because of all of that. I know, I'm, I'm strange. It's not like everybody does that. But things that we say when we have conversations and things that we hear when we hear music and smells just stir that up. Visual images. Oh my goodness. When I see when I see this flag, and you're gonna see a lot of these on Memorial Day. When I see this flag, I don't just think about a symbol of our country. I think about my dad and my granddad and about all of those who, who serve and fight to defend uh, the ideals that are represented by this flag. And then I think about, on Memorial Day, I think about flag-draped coffins coming back. Because, you know, this isn't Veterans Day. This isn't about those who served in that uniform and then came home. This is about Memorial Day, about the ones who gave it all and died in that uniform. And it's important. No greater love than this, Jesus said, than one lay down one's life for one's friends. So on this Sunday, we have flags. We remember. But one thing we don't do, we don't blend our Christianity with our patriotism. Because nothing, not even our love for our country, comes before God and our love of God. We never lift the cross, the flag above the cross, because to do that would be idolatry. But the flag, 
like a lot of different things, stirs up memories for me. I know it does for you. So do you remember? What do you remember? What, what memories are stirred up in you when you come in this beautiful sanctuary and you see these stained glass, when you hear the music, when you sing out loud? What memories are stirred up? I want to share with you some scripture now, and I hope when you hear the words of the scripture from Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, that it stirs something up in you. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voice of those who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts, then one of the seraphs flew to me holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. See, this experience that Isaiah had, the sights and the sounds and the smell and the, the rumble and the awesomeness stirred up some memories. Do you think Isaiah will ever forget, would ever forget his experience and his vision that day? I don't think he will ever forget it. So here's what, here's what I hope it stirs up for us today. I hope it stirs up for us a memory of who God really is. Uh, Isaiah's vision kind of helps us see God for who God is. God in Isaiah's vision is high and lifted up, exalted. God in Isaiah's vision is, is holy and sovereign. And God's presence fills not just the space of worship where Isaiah is, but he says as the, as the seraphs sing, holy, 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 the whole earth, the whole earth is full of God's glory. So who is God? As this stirs things up in our mind, who is God? Remember, who is God? God is the one who is with us, whose presence is with us everywhere everywhere there's nowhere even we're in this majestic place of worship right now but even when you're in the middle of nowhere God is still there the psalmist David really captures this in Psalm 139 verses 1 through 12 but 
He says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle in the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will hold me fast. You're everywhere. I can't escape from you. But that's wonderful. God is with us. God is the God who is with us no matter where you go. I love what the poet Elizabeth Barrett Browning said about God's presence being everywhere. She said, as only poets can say, Earth is crammed with heaven, and every common bush of fire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit round and pluck blackberries. Earth is crammed with heaven. We could, we could just take our shoes off because of the presence of God, no matter where. Don't take your shoes off right now, unless you want to. It's okay. If you're at home, take your shoes off. But God's presence is everywhere. And don't forget that that presence is, is not an ominous presence that is angry with us. The presence is God, a God who loves us, a God who sees us through eyes of love. Do you believe that? That when God sees us, he sees us through eyes of love. Or maybe you've forgotten. A popular view of God during the colonial period of our American history was made popular by uh, a, a figure who was a giant in the history uh, of this time period, Jonathan Edwards. If you are a history nut like me, you might remember, recall the Puritan age and the revivalism of our, uh, of when, well, in our colonial period before we even became a nation in, in the 1700s. And his, his most famous sermon uh, is called, uh, and this is your trivia contest, if you're, if, you're, if you're watching from home, type in the comments. First one that types it in gets a stale donut from our kitchen back here. His most famous sermon is Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Y'all remember, you, you've heard of that, haven't you? Yeah, it, 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 it was very, very popular. And let me just read you, uh, let me just read you a passage from that sermon. Are you ready? You ready? Okay. Here is from this sermon that Jonathan Edwards preached. The God that holds you over the pit of hell, much as one holds a spider or some loathsome insect over the fire, abhors you and is dreadfully provoked. His wrath toward you burns like fire. He looks upon you as worthy of nothing else but to be cast into the fire. He is of purer eyes than to bear to have you in his sight. You are 10,000 times so abominable in his eyes as the most hateful, venomous serpent is in ours. Wow. That doesn't exactly make you feel good, does it? I mean... But here's the thing, that was the popular, well-known view of who God was in American colonial Puritanism 
But is that really who God is? You know, the picture that Jonathan Edwards paints here is really of a terrifying, angry, violent, even sadistic God. And I say sadistic. Yes, I did mean sadistic because any anyone who would hold an insect over a, a fire like I don't know, some futural serial killer would do. Anybody that would do something like that is sadistic. So is that who God is? Does God hate us? Does, does God abhor us? Is God so disgusted with the sight of us that seeing us is worse than 10,000 times worse than us seeing the most venomous serpent? This, you know, this image of God might scare somebody into praying a sinner's prayer or filling out a decision card. But this vision of God is not faithful, not faithful to God revealed to us in Jesus Christ. It doesn't look anything like Jesus. Jesus, who is the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form, according to Colossians 2.9. This same Jesus who said, when you have seen me, you have seen the Father, he told his disciples in John 14.9. We remember who God is by looking at Jesus, and we remember how much God loves us by looking at the cross. We remember who God is, but we remember clearly that God is with us and that God loves us. Okay, Isaiah also helps to stir up a memory in us of who we are, who we are. When Isaiah has his vision of God's majesty and God's holiness, he really saw himself. Isaiah saw himself for who he was. Did you notice what he said? When he had this powerful vision of God, he said, Woe is me. I'm lost. I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. Here's the truth about Isaiah. Isaiah was a sinner. And here's another truth. So are we. So are we. But that's not the whole story. You see, in Isaiah's vision, the Lord sent one of the seraphs to the altar and got a live coal from the altar. And the seraph in Isaiah's vision touched Isaiah's mouth with the coal. And, and it said, your guilt is departed. Your sin is blotted out. That act that was done for Isaiah was the act of a God who burns with love. For Isaiah, not with anger, because that's who God is. And who are we? Who are we? We are sinners saved by grace. And that's always the way it's been. And God is the one who loves us enough to touch us. To touch us. And then make us able to be used I love um, one of the songs that, that stirs a memory for me is uh, It Is Well With My Soul. 
Does that stir up memories for anybody? It is well with my soul. And one of my favorite verses in that song says, My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. Remember, brothers and sisters, remember who we are and who God is. And if we can remember that, if we can remember that, then we'll always know what to do next. If you can remember who God is, and if you can remember who you are, then you'll know what to do. I read a story um, about a man named Hendrik Kramer, who was a missionary from Holland. And Hendrik Kramer spent many years serving in Indonesia as a, a missionary, but he was back home in his native Holland when World War II broke out. And when the Nazis just really overran and dominated the nation of Holland and forced many uh, Dutch Jews into various concentration camps like Dachau and others. But as the story goes, um, one, late one night, a group of Dutch lay people came to the home of Dr. Hendrik Kramer, this old missionary, and they met at night in secret in his home, and they were sitting huddled together, and they said, Dr. Kramer, what do we do? What are we going to do? Our, our friends are dying. Our neighbors are, are being hauled off to concentration camp. We don't know what's going to happen with our country. We feel like we need to do something, but we don't know what to do. Can you please, please tell us what to do? And Hendrik Kramer said, I'm not going to tell you what to do. But I will remind you of who you are. Because if you remember who you are, you will know what to do. And then he opened his Bible to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, and Hendrik Kramer read these words, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And looking at those lay people in front of him, Dr. Kramer said, Now... Do you remember who you are? And they nodded their heads. And then he said, then you will know what to do. And that group left his house that night. And that group formed what would be known as the Dutch resistance. And in case you're rusty on your history of that era, the Dutch resistance is the group that would hide more than 300,000 Jews and protect them from the Nazis during World War II. So I'll ask you one more time. Do you remember? We're about to have Memorial Day. I probably won't see you tomorrow, but I'm going to ask you today. Will you remember? Will you remember? 
I think I told you before, I'm kind of a word nerd. Um, but the word, the word remember comes from a Latin word for memory. And it means to reconnect with a memory. And in 2021, we're all about reconnecting. Today, I'm asking you, will you reconnect? Will you recall? Will you remember? Because memories are just too valuable to lose. We can't afford to forget that God is the God who is with us. We can't afford to forget that God loves us completely. We can't afford to forget who we are, sinners saved by grace. We can't afford to forget that we are, like Hendrik Kramer reminded those frightened Dutch lay people, we are the ones who are called out of darkness to his marvelous light, to take that light with us. We are the ones called because there's still work to be done, y'all. It's not going to be easy, but there's still work to be done. In Isaiah's vision, he hears the Lord say, Whom shall I send and who will go? And I'll bet you remember what Isaiah said. I'll bet you remember that he said, Here am I. Send me. How will you respond as you remember? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the beautiful symbols that we see everywhere we go that help us to remember that the whole earth is full of your glory. Not just this beautiful sanctuary, but the whole earth is full of your glory. That you are high and lifted up. That there's no one above you. And there's no place we could hide from you. So, Lord, you know us best. And thank you that you love us most. That you love us all the way. Now help us right now to remember who we are. Who we are. We are yours. And we know that we are sinners. We are very aware that we are sinners, but we are also sinners saved by your grace and called to do your work. Help us to be as willing to go as Isaiah was. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand and help, help us sing this last song? I think you're going to know it.
Did that last song stir up any memories for you? Anybody else think about Ray Charles all of a sudden? All right. Thank you for coming and remembering with us today. And as you go, remember that God loves you and remember to take His light into the darkness. Amen.